This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wow, welcome back. Welcome. Uh, it's Shira. And it's Ryan. And you know what I take for granted? What? I take for granted a good-ass nap. I slept in my car. Oh, literally 30 you have minutes an apartment. before here. Okay. I know, but I slept in my car 30 minutes before here because I was just driving here and I was exhausted. Yeah. And then I took a nap, set my alarm. Girl, I'm a whole new person. You know what? 15 minute cat naps. They call it a cat nap or a disco nap. I, that is a make or break. That will change your day. 15 minutes is not enough. It no, has to 15 be a minutes. 30, a 30. Actually, they show that 15 is the best because once you get into deeper uh, dream sleep, or like if you uh, I get beyond that, Bill Nye, the science then guy, when you Shira. wake up, you're still tired. I was saying 15 minutes doesn't work for Wait, me. Wait, so where did you park your car? Upstairs. Okay, it was here. It wasn't just yeah. Like I was you, just you I was over. I was in the corner, so no one could see me napping because I just felt like I literally was like, if Shira sees me, she will walk to my window and knock on my on my window, being like, "What are you doing?" And I'll be like. You don't see me sleeping here? Or I would think, like, are you okay? Did something happen? Yeah. You know, I've done... Because I don't take naps. Yeah. I've... Well, maybe this is a 2022 trend. Okay. New you. New me. Nap Ryan. New year, new me. Ryan Nap Mitchell. Naptastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have- I meditated in the car. That's what I do. I, I was trying to give you a... No one sees other- I was going to fix it. Ryan's trying to show me that I slung my tooth. I'm on a roll here. Why are you messing with my phone? I don't, don't want to look at it. Oh, look the other way. Justin is here. Okay, so what's coming up on the show today? Well, in 10 minutes, we're talking about all these variants. Fluorona, Delta Cron, what's real, what's fake, what you need to be worried about. Uh, plus, next hour, we're looking at the damage of toxic masculinity, and it's placed in a male-dominated segments of society. Yeah, yeah. And real quick, before we dive into the show, we should say... Producer Justin is our new producer. Welcome. Do we have a clap sound effect? Uh, girl, why would you? Should we prepare for this better at when we're doing Probably. things like this? It's um, okay. Oh, I have this. You know, if I was a better producer, I would produce this better. Honestly. Yeah. This was great. Impromptu, this great start. I know. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Producer Justin, thank you so much for um, being a part of our show. We're really excited to have you. We I'm are. excited to be here, guys. He's already doing a fabulous job. He has a child. He's a real adult. What if he didn't want the whole world to know um, that he was a father? And he's great at the news. <laughs> <laughs> he's worked at KNX, mm-hmm. uh, which shout out if anyone's listening who came over from KNX. Welcome to the KNX party. Yeah, we're um, <laughs> uh, we're like the, the KNX news. We're like their crazy aunt. Yes. No, uh, like Our cousin, younger sister, sibling. that still likes to talk about the important things. Hey, but we like to have a little fun too. We do. So grab a snack 
And don't come back. <laughs> Actually, you should come back. And <laughs> do come back. <laughs> Let's get into so much trending this hour right now. Uh, could a huge change to the Senate be coming because of voting rights? Well, President Biden spoke in Georgia about the voting rights legislation today. Democracy's vision, victory was not certain, nor is democracy's future. That's why we're here today, to stand against the forces in America that value power over principle, forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the legally expressed will of the American people by sowing doubt, inventing charges of fraud, and seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. They want chaos to reign. We want the people to rule. Meanwhile, as black voters continue to be disappointed in the Biden administration's inaction to the Voting Act, Black Voters Matter co-founder Cliff Albright shared his thoughts on this new Biden pivot to CNN. We'd rather that the president stayed in D.C. and perhaps delivered this, this speech to the Senate, to the Democratic caucus. They meet every Tuesday morning. Uh, he could have gone there and delivered the speech because at this point, what we're saying is we don't need another speech from the president. He gave a very passionate speech, not only the one that he gave for the commemoration last week of January 6th, but remember, he gave a very passionate speech back in Philadelphia, back in July. But then literally for seven months, we heard nothing else about voting rights from him. And so now is not the time for another speech. But at this point, we don't need another speech. We don't need him to come to Georgia and use us as a as a prop. What we need is work. And I have to agree because um, I, I don't know what college campus they were in, but behind President Biden was students from, um, you know, well-known, you know, um, HBCUs. Yeah. And for me, that just screams prop. It doesn't feel like he is understanding or really listening to what activists and advocates are saying in this moment it's really irritating yeah never me. do something like that as like a timely thing but it's, like a, it's mlk a, day coming up in the midterms it's a political right? thing they think like he i you know someone told him that's a great idea but guess what it's really not oh, i was morehouse it was morehouse that was the university where he was at and so i don't know for me that does not look okay yeah definitely uh well let's move on finally to what's happening in L.A., I'll be giving you those COVID numbers, what happened with the L.A. Unified School District next hour. Stick around. What's happening in entertainment news, though, Ryan? Oh, well, Kanye West, guess what, has a new friend or wants a new friend. It's time for the Tea Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Kanye West has reportedly set his sights out east and is planning a trip to meet with President Vladimir Putin as mm. he expands his business empire in Russia. Um, basically, the rapper will also perform his first ever show in Moscow with his Christian Sunday service gospel, likely at the, I guess, the well-known City Hall Theater there or the Grand Sports Arena, uh, where much of the 1980 Olympics games were held. Uh, Kanye is apparently looking forward to making Russia's uh, a second home. Stop it. Um, uh, you know, because apparently he's been a longtime supporter of Putin and, uh, He's an inspiring mentor. Yeah, it feels weird. Uh, you know, he actually, of course, uh, Kanye, he changed his name to Ye recently. Um, he said he has been a fan of the controversial figure for a while and even called himself a young Stop. Putin Just... during an interview no. on the Drink Champs podcast. I don't know if this can get worse, but I would not, you know, 
I, I would I would hold out for it because it probably can knowing Kanye. I don't know what he has to. Well, I don't know why he's cozying up to this person, but you know, whatever. I honestly don't care. I'm just here to report the news. I mean, it's kind of like what else does he have in store if this is the beginning of 2022? Yeah, like why do people? Find it comforting to like cozy up with like dictators. <laughs> just I mean, weird. Yeah, right? it's very tone deaf too. It's almost like you think like, oh, people are just o- overthinking this. People probably are just giving you a bad rap. I want to really get to know you. Yeah, I don't know, but honey, I'll give you updates as more updates come in. That is your tea report expected on the hour at the hour. Well, next up, you know, what is real? Florona, Deltacron, all those variants. We're going to be talking about what you should actually be worried about or not worried about after this. Global experts are talking about a new possible COVID strain. I feel like we're hearing this every day. All the time. I mean, they're either combining, are they're cousins, are they sisters? I don't know. Or step-siblings, whatever. This one's being called uh, Delta Cron, found in Cyprus, that appeared over the weekend. But now they're saying it's more likely to be the result of a lab processing error. What's going on exactly? Joining us right now is Dr. Joseph Castaldo from Ohio Health System Medical, uh, Director of Infectious Diseases. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Good afternoon. I'll tell you, hearing these uh, things like Delta Cron and Florona, they almost sound like uh, drag queen characters that could be on RuPaul's Drag Race when you hear these names. Yeah, welcome to the stage, Delta Cron. I mean, I like that joke. Hopefully she's not giving a crappy show, even though it seems like she is. Uh, I know a lot of people are having fun with that. So let's let's dissect both of those individually. So, you know, we're, we're going to have more variants. Remember, this virus, coronavirus, is an RNA virus. All RNA viruses mutate. They're supposed to. That's what they do. Influenza is an RNA virus. But, you know, very uncommonly, people can have infection with more than one respiratory virus. And uncommonly, we are seeing people who have both infection with both influenza and coronavirus, the virus that causes COVID-19. It's not a different virus. I think a lot of people just uh, like to have fun with it. That's okay. And that's what's generally referred to as fluorona. But it's not something we commonly see. But, you know, it is flu season now. We are seeing more flu activity in our country. So we, we need to be cognizant of that. And obviously, the best way to protect yourself from severe disease with both COVID-19 and influenza or the flu is they get a flu shot and a COVID shot. You get both of those at the same time. Now, in the setting of the other word that we're hearing about, Deltacron, and we are going to have more variants of the virus that causes COVID-19. We're going to get through the whole Greek alphabet. You know, since Delta, there have been two other variants, the, the Lambda variant and the Mu variant. Those variants didn't really account to much, and they didn't really take off. And the next letter in the Greek alphabet is pi, and there will be a pi variant someday. We'll get through the whole Greek alphabet. That's what this virus does. But every time we hear about a new variant, it's not a cause of alarm. We need to study and respect the variants. And more importantly, what really drives variants is infection that's really out of hand, and we need to get vaccines in the other parts of the world which really haven't had good access to vaccines, the continent of Africa and other uh, countries in Asia. So Deltacron is exactly what you stated. Deltacron was announced over the weekend as something that was kind of bizarro on Cyprus. 
And that was in the news. I heard about it. I said, oh, my God, Delta Cron. What is this all about? It sounds either like a drag queen or a science fiction character. Right. But nonetheless, though, when we hear these things, we don't need to get nervous. And like you said, what we know about it so far, tentatively, it's a lab processing error. You know, in the lab, if things are contaminated, if, if one Q-tip or one swab accidentally touches another one, that's enough to make all of the testing come off as uh, really weird and unpredictable. So tentatively, that's what's happening uh, with, with the supposed Delta Cron, but I'm really not worried about it now. Good. You really Oof. ran through all of our questions. Um, no, here's here's the thing. I, I really wonder, do you have any concerns? Because a lot of experts were saying that this Delta Cron thing, there's no such thing. Like, it, it's not really, it was kind of like a big flub up on when they looked at the sequencing of it. And it really wasn't that big of a deal. But I, that made me think about kind of all the misinformation that kind of comes out and just becomes a headline where we're seeing a new variant. And I wonder, do you think there's any way to kind of get get that under control or is it just too far gone at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think you're talking about, like, is COVID ever going to go away? So, so the virus that causes COVID, SARS coronavirus too, I, I, in the infectious diseases world, in the scientific community, it's very doubtful that this virus is ever going to go away. And, you know, uh, we have other common cold coronaviruses, and I'd be willing to bet you a lot of money that when they first came on the scene hundreds of thousands of years ago, they were all novel too and also were associated with a higher severity of illness that uh, causes death. You know, our world is very different today than where we were a thousand or 500 years ago. We're all connected with the way we share information is a lot better and people travel all over the place. So, so this virus tentatively is not going away. We need to learn to live safely with this virus. And today in 2022 and moving forward, we're going to have the tools we need to protect ourselves and, and to live safely with this virus. Yeah. The, so, best way to, yeah. the best way to learn to live safely with this virus mm-hmm. is with the vaccine. You know, the COVID vaccine is just like the flu shot. It doesn't protect you from all infection. But most importantly, if you're vaccinated with a flu shot or a COVID-19 vaccine, most people are protected very well from severe disease resulting in hospitalizations or death. So uh, we have... 20 seconds. Uh, so you're not worried about this misinformation around this. Um, as a doctor, you know, people just hearing about this and, and because now it's the, not the right thing, not trusting the system overall. I think all these different angles always makes people just kind of not trust the information they're given. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And again, as an infectious disease doctor, too, um, I try to stay on top of that, too. When people hear things in the news, medical information, they or from social media, they really have to question who, what is the legitimacy of the story that you're hearing? You want to question everything. And, and I wish I was able to talk to everybody in the whole world, but there is a problem with uncredible information out there Definitely. really feeding a lot of anxiety people. Okay, well, that was Dr. Joseph Castaldo, uh, Ohio Health System Medical Director of Infectious Diseases. Thank you so much. Appreciate uh, your information and humor. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. Well, next up, who's to blame for the death of the Build Back Better plan? And can Biden build back his reputation, or is it too late? That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As Senator Joe Manchin is officially not supporting the Build Back Better plan, is it right to be blaming him for, like, the Democrats' demise, it feels like, right now? Or (laughs) should the buck really stop with President Biden? Uh, Joining us right now is Washington Post opinion columnist who wrote about this topic, Henry Olson. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. What was Biden supposed to do um, if he did see this coming? I mean, in your piece, you kind of write that it's really on him. But what was he supposed to do? Well, I think it starts from the beginning, is that the Democratic agenda was always way too ambitious to get through the uh, Senate, given the type of people that were there. And what he should have done is temper expectations from the beginning. Uh, and what he other so should have done is hold pre-discussions with Manchin. I mean, he was inaugurated on January 20th. He should have known what Manchin was willing to support so that whatever he came out with in March or April after the American Recovery Plan was something that had Manchin on board to begin with. Instead, he decided to play to the left. That left Manchin hanging. And the rest of the year, we've been seeing what's happened in public every day on our newspapers. Yeah, and I understand, I guess, the points about Manchin, but I I wonder, are you also suggesting in your article that Republicans don't have a role in Build Back Better's current status? Yeah, well, do they not have a role? I mean, obviously, Republicans are united in opposition to it. That is another thing that had Biden pursued a more limited plan, something more in alliance with the bipartisan infrastructure bill. He might have been able to peel off Republican votes. But by putting out a bill three months into his presidency that was primarily geared to the left and the center left of the Democratic Party, He made sure that he was going to make his moderate Democrats uncomfortable, and he ensured that there was going to have no Republican support. So, again, the fact that there's no Republican support ultimately comes down to a decision Biden made. But isn't that like the same to say on the other side? Like, I mean, would there have ever really been Republican support similar to if, you know, Trump had uh, built something or uh, pitched something like a plan and saying that, well, there's no Democrat support. That's Trump's. Um, problem when it's just really what he thinks should be done, the right thing he should think should be done, just like Biden thinks this is the right thing that should be done. Yeah, I mean, if Biden believes this is the right thing to, to be done, then he always has to recognize that uh, there's a good probability that he's going to fail. 
because what he seems to think needs to be done is not something that has majority support in the United States Senate. It barely had majority support in the House and only on terms that likely would not survive the Senate, i.e. the insertion of the big salt deduction, uh, removal of the cap or watering down of the cap. So if Biden thinks that this is going to be a multi-election strategy, that he's going to take the defeat and then build more support for it, well, then the strategy makes more sense. But if it was meant to be, this is what I think I need, the country needs, and I need to get it through in the first year, which is when a president traditionally is strongest, then he mishandled it from day one. So you did a lot of comparisons in your article to uh, Ronald Reagan's time in office. Is it really fair to compare the two since the kind of workings of Congress and honestly, the political landscape has completely changed since the 80s? Well, I think it's fair in the respect that this, the ingredients of successful political leadership haven't really changed. You know, we, we look at a world now that's been transformed by Reagan's victory and by Clinton's uh, time in office. But the fact is that when Ronald Reagan took office, it was a massive gamble to put forward a tax cut without any uh, enough corresponding spending in deep cuts. The idea of cutting spending in 1981 was as radical then uh, as many things that are proposed now because we had gone through almost 30 years of constant democratic government, democratic with a big D party government. Uh, so, you know, what Reagan had to do is make a lot of compromises. He set a vision, he made a lot of compromises, but he kept his eye on the ball and made sure that what he could propose was something that already had near united Republican support. And then he made the little tweaks on the go to make sure it had unanimous Republican support. Do you think that Biden will be able to rebound with uh, voting rights or is it too late? It's way too late. Voting rights is not going to pass this Congress because the only way voting rights could pass this Congress in the way that Biden says he wants to pass it. Uh, requires a carve-out of the filibuster. It's quite clear that there are at least, according to Politico today, at least four Democrats in the Senate who have publicly said they're not thrilled about that idea. And I suspect there's many more uh, who are privately unthrilled about the idea. So again, this is another act. Today's speech is another act of performance act to satisfy a left wing that's getting precious little through the legislative process, in large part because Joe Biden didn't temper their expectations and put forward proposals that could actually pass. Okay, well, uh, that was Henry Olson, Washington Post opinion columnist. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Well, next up, why these cops were fired and was it the wrong decision? You might actually... uh, disagree with the reason why they were fired. I'm just saying that's next. This is a little cop story that might surprise you. A California appeals court is uh, upholding the firing of two L.A. police officers who missed a call about an active robbery to play a game, Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They were fired for ignoring this call to respond to this robbery at a mall in Baldwin Hills. Uh, And they said, they actually said they didn't hear the call. But then, which is ridiculous because there's recordings in the car of them literally saying, oh, there's a call. No, let's not, let's not uh, jump on it or respond to it. And let's continue playing Pokemon Go. Which, by the way, I don't, 
Uh, I've never gotten that like fandom around gaming where you're that obsessed. I have my own little obsessions, but girl, if you were these cops, NFTs would get you like completely fired. Like what? The floor price just went you down. Would literally or... get fired in a second. So they were. Uh, they one of them told the other that a Pokemon character known as Snorlax had popped up nearby. Snorlax. Yeah, I said Snorlax. Of all Pokemon, see, I don't Snorlax. even know who Snorlax they is. Their job for a Snorlax. <laughs> Here's the thing. All right, so this is the my thinking, my perspective. Did they really deserve to get fired? I feel like a strike. When we talk about this, so many police officers doing horrible things, as we know, and yet they're not getting fired. Why are we firing the Snorlax guys? So let me break this down for you. So this happened back in April 2017. Um, the robbery took place at the in, in a Baldwin Hills community. I don't know if people are familiar, but Baldwin Hills is a predominantly black POC area. The fact that they thought it was just okay to ignore a robbery that could result, I'm not even sure if it did result in anyone getting hurt or possibly killed. And they did it for a Snorlax? I don't know what to be more offended on, the fact that they ignored black people, or they did it for a damn Snorlax. <laughs> I just, I don't know. And so for me, it really, um, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm really, you know, for the other resident nerd, producer Justin. Yeah. Please, a, a Snorlax? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is there a Pokemon that it would have uh, warranted, you know, ignoring a robbery? Maybe a Charizard? A, you know, maybe uh, a Charizard. Char- I know. I've heard of that one. But honestly, because it's super rare on those games, maybe a po- like a Pikachu? Because at Ooh. least it would have been a, a like a, 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 like a, I mean, you. we're not comparing ignoring black people in a robbery in a mall to a Pikachu, but maybe are, are I would have you- been less offended if it was like, <laughs> Uh, uh, like it was an honorable one. A Snorlax? Like, I don't get. I don't understand. So I'm okay with them getting fired. What? It's also kind of ironic that Snorlax is the slow, sleepy Pokemon that always just lies around and doesn't do anything. <laughs> and they actually. So it wasn't like it was going anywhere. No, no and they weren't going anywhere. So they either. were just super lazy, as yeah. we see. So <sighs> does it, do you think they're going to make new rules where you can't have. I mean, it seems like if you're in the line of duty and doing this type of work, you know, you should probably not have access to a phone that entertains you. I know you sit around a lot. Well, there's not always a lot of action. But, like, to have access to, like, your TikTok and to games like this I, when you have to be alert doesn't seem like the real responsible way of doing this. Yeah, I'm not even worried. To be honest, I, I don't – I mean, I'm not even really sure who still plays Pokemon Go. I mean, there's probably tons of people who do. But I, I think the real issue is is the fact that – they ignored a community that actually needed them. Like, they did not do their bare minimum job. And that's just showing up to see what was going to, like, what happened. The fact that, I mean, one of them, uh, Officer Lorenzo, uh, Louis, uh, Louise Lorenzo, or Louis Lorenzo said, oh, screw it, after a discussion about the call. Really, I mean, he really probably was like, oh, it's in that community. Whatever. It's not that big of a deal. They get calls like that all the time. But that's a problem. And for me, it's not about the Pokemon. It's the fact that you're not, you signed up to be a police officer. You signed up to protect the communities that you want to protect. And the fact that you can't even do that over a Snorlax pisses me off. We've really gone to a new low, I think, in uh, 2022. (laughs) It's a new low. Like, at least do better. Pick a damn better Pokemon. Welcome back. More music coming up right here on Channel Q, so stick around. (laughs) 
Um, and we have lots coming up on the show. Toxic masculinity. We've talked so much about this, but how this UFC fighter is really bringing the conversation back into the fold in 2022. And not in a good way. Yep. Plus, an iconic group cancels their upcoming tour to the surprise of some of the members. That's in the tier report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has vowed to remove three Democratic lawmakers from key committee assignments if Republicans win back the chamber in the upcoming midterm elections. The move, it seems to be a response to the Democrats who removed GOP representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Paul Gosar of Arizona from their committees. For good reason, right? Inflammatory rhetoric and posts. Uh, McCarthy told Breitbart he would strip Democratic representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, both of California and Elon Omar of Minnesota, of their committee assignments, which is crazy. And we were talking about this, you know, as we were preparing with the story. And it's like, this is getting very messy and dirty and like eye for an eye type stuff. Yeah, but it feels so stupid because it's like, Oftentimes when McCarthy are what Mitch McConnell is that his name? Mitch McConnell they it's like they know this drama's going on but sometimes they they either have something to say about it or they just distance themselves. But now it's like Democrats they're trying to find a way to come at Democrats that in nonsensical ways that don't even like connect or mean the same things. Like there's no Democrats doing the same thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene is. So what's the real yeah. reason that you're doing well, this? Well that's the thing but they're still going to do it. Right. Because they're they're seeing it as the one on one the same and it isn't. It's once again, this is completely at this point unreasonable. And I think that like we need to be looking at that as the filter. Like what is reasonable and what is not. And it lifts up your heart. Each new hour, new chances for new beginnings. Do not be wedded forever to fear, yoked eternally to brutishness. The horizon leans forward offering you space to place new steps of change. Here, on the pulse of this fine day, you may have the courage to look up and out and upon me, the rock, the river, the tree, your country, no less to Midas than the mendicant, no less to you now than the mastodon then. All right, as you noticed, we moved on. That was Maya Angelou's 1993 inauguration on the pulse of the morning. But we did it for good reason, uh, for some positivity in our What's Trending This Hour, because uh, Maya Angelou is about to be on the first quarter to go into circulation this year, featuring uh, five pioneering American women who will appear on the first run of the American Women Quarters program, featuring prominent women in American history on the back select quarters beginning this year, Maya being the first. Just select quarters, not all quarters. We want it to be all. No, yeah, I select. think she should be on the front, not the back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I could ask for anything. See, maybe this will start a new quarter collection thing, because I feel like people used to collect these things, and they don't. So maybe now we'll bring it back. There's probably still people that collect quarters. Actually, my partner does. My partner collects, like, coins. I had no clue you were dating an 85-year-old man. What else does he That's do? Why like, he, like, take his of, metal detector on the beach and find sure treasures? Would. That's why he makes fun of how I'm into NFTs, because he's like, that's too volatile. I'm going to stay with the quarters. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of money, the IRS is anticipating that most taxpayers who file electronically choose direct deposit and have no issues with their tax return will receive their refund within 21 days. Okay, so you got to listen to them. Do it digitally. 
It is sending out letters in January that should be used to accurately prepare returns. The IRS also announced it will start to accept 2021 tax returns on January 24th, and that it has no plans to extend the deadline beyond April 18th. So put it in your calendar. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Ooh, okay. So let's talk the Pussycat Dolls because, uh, honestly, wow, the drama continues and I am living for it. Okay, so... You know, obviously they were supposed to get back together. They were together for a minute. They did their whole performance. Not all of them, though, but only some of them. And Nicole's, you know, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I just like to mess up her name because Wendy Williams does it. Anyway, um, well, Pussycat Doll star, um, stars Jessica Suda and Carmen Batcher have claimed they found out their upcoming reunion tour was off through Nicole's Instagram story. So Nicole didn't let them know. I guess late last week, uh, she posted a story that confirmed the cancellation of the upcoming Pussycat Doll reunion due to the ever-evolving circumstances surrounding the pandemic. Uh, she says, I have invested, uh, invested a huge amount of time, creative energy, and my own finances into bringing this project back to life. And while I'm saddened by the decision, I'm also very proud of what we were able to achieve in the short amount of time we had together before covid um, and of course, she continued before sharing her love, admiration, and gratitude for the other girls. But um, how can you do that when the other girls don't even know? Um, they actually, uh, basically, Jessica and Carmen came together in a joint statement of their own that read, We want to say how incredibly disappointed we are to learn of an announcement made on an Instagram that the Pussycat Dolls reunion tour is canceled. As of now, there has been no official notification of that. Um, either way, it seems as though it, it's the end of a chapter to an incredible life-altering experience filled with some awesome mom- uh, memories that we will forever be grateful for. I mean, how shady is that? Nicole has been shady from the jump with the Pussycat Dolls. And the fact that she's like, well, you know, I have put so much money into this. I don't need to tell them. They'll find out through my Instagram. Everybody's watching me. It's kind of like she's the founder. It's really about, it's, there's a Pussycat Doll. She's not the founder, though. I mean, she's acting like it. Well, well she's in the middle of all the pictures. She was <laughs> she was the girl that was the star of the group, for sure. They're all very um, pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they are. They're gorgeous. Um... But it's just wild that through all of this, and I think that was the reason why they broke up, is because of the miscommunication and how Nicole acts. Well, Nicole will be Nicole. That is your T Report. More information on that is we are at WeAreChannelQ.com. Stick around for more, because I got more T Report and um, other news coming up later in the show. Well, next up, what happened when this UFC fighter found out that his son was gay? And it's bringing up a big conversation around toxic masculinity. That's next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This UFC fighter, Sean Strickland, has said that if he had a gay son, he would think he had failed as a man. And it's bringing up a very big conversation about toxic masculinity. And yeah, I mean, this is like the first uh, version of this conversation we're having this year. We've had it a lot in the past, uh, but it brings up a lot of 
problematic issues, right? Um, how this went down is that, you know, he's right now fighting. He was talking to a journalist who asked him, or a fan on Twitter actually asked him, whether he would rather have a gay son or a thought daughter, which he should have just not answered this, right? Because that's just... A- bad question and he said if i had a gay son i would think i'd failed as a man to create such weakness if i had a can i say this word i don't think so the yeah um a daughter who is promiscuous promiscuous. for a daughter i think she just wanted to be like her dad lol yeah i don't know maybe he's gotten hit too many times in the damn face but he's an idiot let's put that out there first yay that's the nicest i'm probably going to be (laughs) Because for me, it just gets really exhausting when um, people volunteer this information because guess what? No one has asked you your thoughts. No, you don't have the range to have these conversations. And honestly, maybe you should be banned from having children regardless of sexual or gender identity because guess what? The idea that you are so involved in the the thought process of wondering about your future child and who they're sleeping with and what who the person they are is honestly the creepiest and the worst thing that you could possibly be and 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 do. And so for me it's just um I think earlier um before these tweets actually earlier he actually what well, he made a weird joke about hitting on lesbians and and it's he, just he's um, he yeah, reminds he, me of every high school guy like what is he 12? Totally. It's yeah, definitely um bro mentality. But yeah, he was actually kicked off of Instagram earlier this month because he made a joke about pedophiles dying. So That's obviously He's unhinged in a way, but because of where he's at in the uh, public forum, you know, he's a public personality, it does create an entryway for us to talk about it, right? And uh, the fact is, he's not the only person out there talking like this or thinking like this. We know that. Yeah, but I I think for me, when you're looking at, like, I guess this sort of sport, I mean, I don't watch UFC or MMA or whatever it is, um... I I think this will probably be a common thing because it just feels like it's very, I wouldn't say, I don't know if barbaric is the word, but like kind of fighting each other and doing what they do for a living feels like, of course, it's going to be wrapped up in these masculinity politics. And so I'm like, cool, if that's your business, if you want to believe that, fine. Um, but it just is often really um, sad and, um, and just disappointing to know that masculinity or this toxic masculinity is still even at play at at you know 2022's big age like it feels like we are too far into the future of breaking down all of these old school rhetorics and things like that and and not saying everyone is going to be as progressive as we all think we live in a progressive ass bubble here oh yeah you know and and that that brings up a really interesting point and and we were talking about this off air producer justin mentioned this like in the end when someone like this says something like this, which is completely inappropriate and problematic, it's not necessarily an excuse, but like it's important, I think, to dig deeper. At like, okay, who's this person and what, what's their background? Once again, not saying that that means that you have the right to say this, but like, oh, obviously you wouldn't get it, unfortunately. Let me, let's have a conversation about what the reality is and why people are maybe calling you out. I think, you know, having that conversation with someone who, obviously does not get it and their background would suggest that they was there was no opening to even understand that so why would someone 
have that conversation with them if they're not even willing to learn. That's, well, I don't that's, know. We've never talked to him. I don't know. But, no, uh, but yeah. I think that's my example of talking to brick walls when I don't want to. Because if you're not someone who's going to be open and listen, if you're going to continue to fall into the rhetoric, I mean, he continued on saying about this because he he was just being disgusting. He brought up beta males. And he said, you beta males oh, need to calm the F down. This oh, isn't your college. You're not going to get laid here by a Zer or an it by being a little b word that person i'm not going to waste any labor on talking to because they're not going to listen i don't care what your background is just because you had some trauma in your life guess what i'm pretty sure a lot of people have had trauma in their life that does not excuse you for being a jerk and being just stupid and ignorant i'm sorry and you're he doesn't want to listen he said it's okay this is a safe place untuck your your genitals and you're allowed to be a he here it's just oh, like oh my lord this is arguing with someone who like who has no interest in understanding so what's on the other side because i feel like we need to like define the other side of cancel culture is because dealing with people like this it's like beyond cancel culture this ain't even cancel culture that's what i'm opinion. saying what's like that next phase where just we're like ignoring yeah, it's time to ignore, right? It's like I've been, I've been preaching that. I feel like since I've been on this station, what's the point of even canceling? Canceling is like an action where we are giving them actually the time to cancel them and all that. But there's no such thing as cancel culture. I genuinely do not believe there, because if there was, then this person would not have a career and they would be ostracized in some form of society. This person is still pretty popular and still doing everything that they because, want to do because of how the system you works. Know what? There's no such all thing. All of that, and also all their fans, the people that watch them, are unfortunately people that are like going to just put this all aside. So where does right? cancel culture do, exist then? It doesn't. That For me, I never well, I believe in specific that. spaces it's kind no. of does. I think in the fighting space, like even Jake Paul said this recently, he was like, I like, he likes being in that space besides the fact that he makes a ton of because money. Because that's, that's who he is. But then also because he goes, cancel culture does not exist here. He's like, I could say whatever the hell I want. And in the end, I go into the fighting ring, I win, I make my money, and people still will end up putting their money up for me and hiring me. It's a different, I mean, because it is a very male-centric place. And I think that goes back to toxic masculinity. Like, men, like, I, w- I would say, we call forth other men, right? Don't just, like, uh, agree with them because you, you're you going to make money. Well, and I think that's what we should bring up with our guests, right? Why aren't other cisgender, hetero male, males actually... You know, calling out their the other guys who are saying not, these types yeah. of things. Yeah. That's that's where the 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 conversations need to happen. So let's let's have that conversation when we get back. We've been talking about this UFC fighter Sean Strickland, who was asked if he had a gay son. Um, you know, what would he think? And he said he would think he'd failed as a man, which is bringing up a much bigger conversation about toxic masculinity. Um, and. I would say our society's culture, but also this type of culture that continues to, in a way, enable this and employ these types of people. I feel like you look at the UFC, which has like um, 2 million in audience. He has 30,000 followers. But it's like a statement like this isn't necessarily going to take him out of the UFC, right? Doesn't seem like it. No, of course not, because the culture in the UFC actually encourages this. If he's a good fighter, he's a good fighter, and that's all that counts. We don't care what comes out of his mouth. Uh, Well, joining us right now is Dr. Melissa Fabello, um, who is uh, here to talk about this right now. Thanks for joining us. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. Hi. So what do you think about this latest story? It's obviously not that surprising. It's not. (laughs) You know, it's really not that surprising at all, unfortunately. Um, It is still, like, gross, you know, like, reading those comments um, are really, really awful and really actually very disturbing. But unfortunately, yeah, isn't very surprising because of the society that we live in. Yeah, and I think for me, and uh, we kind of left on this uh, note in our last segment, is what's the responsibility of, like, other cisgender, like, straight men to kind of call out these problematic rhetorics? Because especially when it comes to liberation for queer folks and actually changing humanity where we're not seeing these gross comments, it feels like there needs to be an intercommunal conversation between all the the the, the straights, <laughs> to kind of call mm-hmm. that out, especially when it comes to other cisgender men to other cisgender men. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think this is the thing, right? Like, we can call it toxic masculinity if we want to, but the issue isn't actually that there's some, like, special version of masculinity that's toxic. It's that the toxic thing is patriarchy, yeah. right? Like, the toxic thing is systems of oppression. And so long as systems of oppression exist, this kind of rhetoric will exist and you can't get rid of the the rhetoric if you don't get rid of the system and i think that people who have power in that system which is exactly what you're saying cisgender men absolutely have a responsibility to talk to other cisgender men about it but i think that framing it as like hey that comment's not cool isn't even enough it's like hey like we are actually by saying something like that like we're dominating over all of these other genders and these people and like that has to stop right it's like it's like more than just the comment itself it's like the entire framework that we're living in yeah and it's almost easier said than done like you could bring a horse to water you can't force a horse to drink is it Mm -hmm. that we're just gonna see societally like the trend just moving forward towards understanding that and it's just gonna take some people longer than others you know at, at this point or like how can you really have a conversation that creates change change doesn't happen in a one moment of a conversation no it doesn't and i wish it did but i think no you're right i mean ultimately we have to recognize that probably our society isn't going to change dramatically in our lifetime but that that doesn't mean that we don't do the best that we can Mm -hmm. in ourselves and with the people closest to us to try to like start to make change within our own communities and within our own selves. And I think that, yeah, those conversations are really important for us to have with one another in all of the ways that we hold power to be like, Hey, like we can't talk about people like that. You know, like that's just not like, that's just not appropriate. And that, and to explain that it's, it's bigger than just, Oh, that's like an off color or like politically incorrect comment. Like it's not that simple. Yeah. And we were like also kind of talking about, I feel like I'm going back to like back and forth because it's so interesting. You're having me think, and I would love to know your thoughts about cancel culture in the sense of like, does it actually exist? Because we were saying it doesn't exist in these spaces of like the sports world where, you know, in the UFC, it's kind of everyone's known for, you know, talking crap and saying all this toxic, yeah. hyper masculine stuff um, where, you know, they can kind of get away with it. But my thing is, I think, if I'm being honest, there's just really no such thing as cancel culture altogether, especially if you exist in, an, uh, uh, in a non marginalized community, because guess what? You're falling back into a system that was already benefiting you anyway. Well, right, exactly. I think that the idea of cancel culture, I think it's complicated, but I think that at the end of the day, you're right. 
that like you can't cancel, quote unquote, people who hold social power, because even if you say, hey, we're not going to support this person anymore, we're going to unfollow this person or whatever, that person still exists. It's like what you were saying earlier. Like, is this person going to get kicked out of UFC? No. (laughs) What's going to happen? Is he going to lose some followers? You know, like, how does that actually directly impact his life? And not that I think that people should be actively punished. Like, I don't believe in that, like, punishment system. But, like, I do think that there is, um, there really isn't a lot of recourse. Like, it's, yeah, sure, you could lose some Instagram followers or Twitter followers or, like, whatever it is. But yeah, and people will how un- is that actually going to change your mind? And that's the thing. People will unfollow him. But guess what? They're still going to be a part of that 2 million viewership when they're turning on right. the TV and watching him fight. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Or, yeah, or continued, yeah, okay, I'm going to unfollow this person, but I'm going to continue in my own life, you know, to show up in ways that, you know, are patriarchal or unhelpful or, like, whatever. So I think it's actually kind of easy for us to point the finger at other people also um, instead of looking at ourselves and how we're showing up, too. Okay, goes both ways, that's for sure. Wow, you're well, that great. was, uh, yeah, Dr. Melissa Fabello, who's a professor of human sexuality. Thanks again. Thank you. Next up, self-driving cars and now goldfish driving cars. What is going on in 2022? Details next. One of the innovations of 2022, goldfish being drivers. I mean, who would have thought? We're really innovating right now. Uh, This is actually, it's, before we get way ahead of ourselves with this, it's actually pretty cool. So goldfish it seems, according to these Israeli researchers, are capable of navigating on land and they're training fish to drive. I'm wondering what leads someone to wanting to, like, figure this out or make this discovery out of everything in the world that's happening. I know why. Why? Because we're all going to die and someone has to take over. <laughs> right? It's- so, I mean, teach go fish how to be living civil, you know, create a civilization. I think that's the next wave. Here's the thing. I feel like if we can't rely on robots, like robots come and just like uh, up against us, right? And fight us. We need to have another innocent animal that can like love on us and support us humans. It's not about us. That's the reason why we're on our demise because humans like you are selfish and only thinking about them. Honestly, I always knew goldfish would have the last laugh. We put them in little baggies and carnivals and sewed them after a game and, and then we just, you know, let them die after one second. They were always plotting for this moment to happen. As a goldfish, just know if you are listening, I always supported you. Oh, so you now you're selfish because you're the you're, you're no, the only one that wants to get saved by I'm the goldfish. Smart, of course. <laughs> That's what all selfish people do. You know, so I'm going to be here to support the goldfish when they decide to take over. So this is really interesting how it worked. We actually have a clip from Sasha Givon, a PhD student at Ben Gurion University in Israel on teaching the fish to drive, how they did this. Surprisingly, it doesn't take the fish a long time to learn how to drive the vehicle. Uh, They're very confused at first, they don't know what's going on, but they're very quick to realize that there's a correlation between their movement and the movement of the machine that they're in. So it's something that they learn quite quickly. We're in a pandemic and you're teaching a damn fish to swim or to, to, to do whatever, to drive. It makes no sense. You know, this just make this is stupid. Wait, it continues. Here's Ronan Segev, biology professor and neuroscientist on the fish's driving capabilities. 
There were uh, very good fish that were doing excellent, and there were uh, mediocre fish that were uh, showed controlling of the vehicle, but were uh, uh, were less uh, were less proficient in driving. I'm so ready for the meteor to take us out. <laughs> this, we don't deserve wait, to live at this point. This story honestly made my day. I was a bit stressed out earlier. This just made my day that much better. I just can't believe scientists. Someone who is funding this? Is this Elon Musk? <laughs> Is Elon doing this? He's a silent investor? Creep? Trying to teach fish to, to drive? He knows they won't fight back. I'm so done. Please, take us away. The meteor, you're, you're welcome to come at any moment. We hope you're enjoying the music and some great news we're bringing you here on Let's Go There. Today is a wonderful day and a wonderful show, and I feel like we've learned a lot, huh? We have, always. Yeah. About the world and also about each other. <laughs> uh, but Is there anything that you don't want to know about me? No, I never not want to know anything until I know it, and then I wish I didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel the same about you. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be getting into uh, friendships. And um, is being friends with everyone a way to sidestep cancel culture? Oh. Um, yeah. Ted Cruz, we're talking to you. Yeah, you know, I know Ted Cruz is listening. Even though I don't think Ted Cruz is a dozen maybe his daughter, friends with everyone. Maybe his daughter, who yeah. just uh, recently came out as part of the community. Now, why is a daughter in it? Uh, the daughter, anyway, because she's part of the LGBTQ community. Oh, so you just lumped her in with us? Totally. What if we don't want her? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, no, she's and, welcome. She doesn't believe her, the same things her father does. And uh, we got some Britney Spears news in the tier report in a moment. Jamie Lynn Spears, okay. to be exact. There you go. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The nation's blood supply is dangerously low, and it's causing the Red Cross to announce a national blood crisis for the first time. How many crises can we have at once? Like, I don't even know. Well, guess what? Blood. This isn't my problem because I'm a homosexual, so I don't care. I. They don't want my blood. You no, know, I think they've changed those ha- those rules, haven't they? Uh, but I think, yeah. So uh, the current producer, the Justin, current standard. He's our fact checker. That's actually the new role. Our producer, producer Justin, <laughs> is our fact checker. We've been waiting for this role for, for years. For sure. Trying to cast I wonder why years. I'm so busy. <laughs> yeah. So the current standing is uh, three months. You have to abstain from uh, any sexual activity for three months for any male that has sex with males or people that have sex with that have sex with uh, males to have uh, to yeah. be able to donate blood. Okay. So even Shira would have to sustain. I, I mean, if or because she's straight, she would what have. If you have to. an STD. Well, if, if she if she engages <laughs> in, right. in sex with a man, Remember, and has I... sex with a man, yes, she would. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic has caused a decline in donor turnout, as you can imagine. The cancellation of blood drives, staffing challenges, leading to the worst blood shortage in more than a decade. This is according to the Red Cross. Last year, the Red Cross saw a 34% decline in new donors. I still don't like that there's a time frame on it. Like, for what? As long as... Can you just get tested? Like, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, there should not be a time frame on me just because I decide to sleep with men. The, uh, liking Anyone? men is already the ghetto. <laughs> so the fact that I can't even get blood in peace, please. And I'm an organ donor. Do I, do I need to field that out before I die in my will or something? You know, that's actually an interesting question. There, is, should... there are questions around that. I think we've I'm like, I'm actually. a legit organ donor. We all know that you can get HIV or AIDS whatever orientation. Yeah. Are, so 
Engine your identity. Exactly. Doesn't matter. Whatever. Everyone can get it. Just so be careful, any everyone. Well, you can ask all this to Sarah Weebelow, our um, the legal director of HRC. She'll be joining us tomorrow on tomorrow's program. You heard it here first. Fact you heard it here first. Okay, now Bank of America is slashing the amount it charges customers when they spend more than they have in their accounts and plans to eliminate fees for bounced checks. Thank you. Maybe it's time to go over to Bank of America. No. Oh, my God. I left Bank of America. Well, this is a pretty big move, and it's the latest one by the nation's biggest banks to roll back the overdraft fees they had charged customers for a long time. Yeah. Fees that often amount to hundreds of dollars a year for overdraft users. This so should be good, but I remember Bank of America, uh, it, I don't know if it was last year or a few years ago, they would get hacked, and people would be locked out of their accounts and not have access to their money. So, like, things have happened with Bank of America, which made me actually switch mm-hmm. over. But this is wonderful. I think we're going to start to see a trend, not a trend, but we're going to start seeing banks across the nation just take on this policy because there's no reason that if I spend like $5 and I know I'm about to go into the negative that a bank should charge me like $35 extra. You already know I don't got the damn money. So you're just putting me even further behind. It sucks. Even though you could call like a little plot life hack, you can call and they will give you like, it's like you can only like call like once a year or every six months and they will give you back those like charges. Oh, they will. Yeah, you You've gotta, call, honey, you know, I've done it a few times. You know? Good to know. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying. You just got to call and be nice and talk to the representative. That's it. Okay. Don't get in an argument with them. That is not the way to yeah, do you it. Should. Not any customer service person, unless they're awful. Well, let's get into some tea. What's going on, Oh, my God. Rye? Thank you, because uh, we have a tearful Jamie Lynn Spears here. And, um, girl, she is doing her first ever interview uh, where she is addressing her rift with her sister, Britney Spears, on Good Morning America tomorrow. It's time for the Tea Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So a promo clip. They made the announcement, but there was no like trailer or promote promo clip for it. Guess what? I have the promo clip. We're about to play it. It is a rare sit-down moment. Um, here is Jamie Lynn Spears and uh, ABC News journalist Juju Chang. Um, I love my sister. But um, things have gotten complicated. I guess so. Jamie Lynn Spears. What has caused this rift between you? The exclusive. The book title is Things I Should Have Said. What do you regret not saying? Tomorrow on Good Morning America. So we're in for it. Mm. You know, that was short and quick and simple, but all you got to do is give me tears and it's going to be a wild ride. You know, I have felt bad for uh, Jamie, if I'm being quite honest, because uh, Jamie has been getting like and her daughter, her kids have been getting threats online from Britney fans. Like someone, um, I think Jamie spoke out about it recently that uh, someone was encouraging that they hoped that her kids got abused and harmed and like, you know, like raped or something. And it was just, it's it's very dark. And so... We're really going to see this. Uh, obviously, uh, Br- uh, Jamie is doing all of this because she has a new book. Um, her memoir, The Things I Should Have Said, is what it's called. And this is the first time we're, we're seeing her speak up since her tell-all memoir is set to be released on January 18th. 
However, the book comes out just as um, Britney's parents, Jamie and Lynn Spears, face backlash for their alleged abusive behavior toward Britney. So I, I'm really interested in seeing what she has to say in this moment. It's going to be wild. It's going to be really interesting. That's your tea report. Uh, we got more coming up next hour. No, I can't listen to morning show clips without thinking of the morning show now on Apple TV. Every time you They're play all, the, that yeah. show is based off of the I know morning, the shows so I that should, we watch. Yeah, I know. But I, I mean, I love it too. Shout out to season three. They're coming back. What is real? What is not? I don't know anymore. Okay, well, Patton Oswalt's take on his performance with Dave Chappelle does it create in it you know a good enough excuse around uh supporting or going around cancel culture we want to talk more about that next okay so let's talk about this because um uh what's his name Paul Oswald had an Oswald the comedian child that's my that's the running joke here on the show I always get everybody name wrong right well this guy he's uh, he had a blowback where he was pictured with Dave Chappelle and you know Dave Chappelle is probably the last person you want to be uh, photographed with right now oh yeah you know what I mean um and with all of that he had to like come out with a statement of saying hey uh, he is a dear friend of mine. I I believe that, you know, I don't agree with what his thoughts are on trans issues, but I do believe because our, I know the nature of our friendship, it will evolve. He will evolve. And um, I, it was a really interesting, uh, I guess, uh, opinion piece uh, by the journalist David Oliver on USA Today. He actually uh, posed the question, is this, is the way... Is this the way to sidestep cancel culture and be friends with everyone? Maybe. Which is this idea of, yeah, if you just kind of exist in the middle, will you, you know, just kind of avoid cancel culture as a whole? Because you are friends with everyone. Well, it's this idea that, and we kind of talked about this in the break, right? And you know I intersect with a lot of different types of people. Um, you, you don't want. You already know how I feel about some of those people. I know. No, and you know how I feel about some of those people, too. And it's one of those things like I will hear about something and I will, you know, uh, give them a, little, a pat on the hand or I'll say, like, you should change this and why. I'll have a whole conversation with people around things. And sometimes, obviously, I feel like there's a spectrum. Like, there's the things that are like religion. You can't force someone to not, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your religion, although I don't believe in dogma, Right. Um, I'm a Jew, right? I'm not going to be against that. But And there's certain things that hit human rights issues. But I feel like there's sometimes you could say to someone, like, what you're doing is wrong, and I'm letting you know this is not tolerated uh, and not necessarily – I'm not going to – I'm not necessarily cutting them off, but I'm also not going to be, like, close with them. Then why won't you just cut them off? Some of them I do. <laughs> I have cut off some. Only some. Some are. And I, I want to say, I think we got to define. And what then some, off means. some people like you're, cutting off can be very extreme for people. Like that can be like something that just like no one deserves to be cut off completely. Yeah, but, I'm and saying I, I don't I, agree I, with I, what I, I don't agree violent. with how uh, you decide to live certain areas of your life. We have different opinions about things, and you know it. You know, I've told you what I think. I can, once again, as I've said, I can bring a horse to water, but I can't force a horse to drink. And if you want to have a real conversation about it and you're ready, I'm here. But I don't know what else to say to you. So here's my And it could be, by the way, with family, obviously, colleagues, coworkers, 
um, how many how friends. many how many breaks have we got in this? We can go as long as we want. Okay, great, because Sheer took all the time. <laughs> no, here's here's how I feel about this really quickly. I think uh, I, I think it's really hard. I mm-hmm. think there's a privilege to um to be able to exist in the middle. Right? I, I, I And think, that's fair, by the way. I think if you are, if you have the opportunity to to ex- be able to take a photo with Dave Chappelle and and say, "Oh my God, this is my friend," but I don't agree with everything he has to say, that's a privilege because guess what? Your life is not impacted in the ways of like Dave Chappelle wasn't talking about a group that you belong to in ways that are harmful and can be deadly, right? And I think a lot of people. They they rather, especially people who aren't in these marginalized groups but still consider themselves allies, they want to have the allyship but still say like, oh, but I want to hang on to the belief that this person's really going to change when they show no examples or actual moving forward of wanting to change. And for me, that's what, where the issue is because I don't want to cut off people either. But guess what? At the end of the day, if you don't align with the lives that are important to me, with my communities, with totally. the, the communities that I support, that I'm not a part of, then what do we really have to talk about? And sometimes friendships are were supposed to start and oh, they yeah. are also supposed to end. And I just don't, as a person who, as I am in a marginalized community, but I'm still privileged. I still have my own privilege. I cannot be okay with the idea of being comfortable enough to say, well, I'm just going to hold out and wait and still kind of be friends with them, even though they are still saying super horrible what things. What if they're not saying horrible things? What if they just, but they're know? At, what are their actions? But yeah, I mean, I agree. So the thing is, what I notice is a lot of times, like people who might it. vote... Uh, different, uh, differently, Republican might not realize like the new wave of Republican, Republican, even though it was always the uh, what it was. It's not the way it was, and it is actually very uh, dangerous and problematic for lots of people. Whether it be women's rights that are being taken away, uh, LGBTQ rights that are being taken away, there is this. Uh, ignorance around things that people think we have the freedoms around which we don't anymore. But that shows you really don't want to be an ally because it it, it, it disrupts your livelihood. If it disrupts your livelihood in the sense that you got to cut people off, that's just something that is a part of saying, hey, guess what? I am a complex. I am an ally to this community that I speak up for. It's not just about simply having BLM or the trans flag oh, or the totally. LGBTQ flag on in your in your bios online. There's there's difficult steps that's that are going to make you uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I want to know uh the also the important that if you have the privilege to know these people, not be friends with them, but know these people and sometimes in, um uh, you're with, you're with them or around them. Do you have a place then to continue to be that person to have that conversation to maybe get them to the other side, right? And is that that's also important to be that person to call them forth because I'm not going to expect you to do that. Let's talk more that, about that after this. We're back. Yes, we've been talking about uh, comedian Penn Oswalt, who, you know, he had... I caught, I caught him Paul Oswalt. Paul Oswalt. That actually sounds like a better name. I like It's Patton, too basic. But Paul Oswalt. Yeah. So the whole thing was that, you know, Dave Chappelle is Dave Chappelle. We know the whole special, his take on trans issues. Um, and so they, did they perform together? They took a picture together that he shared. I think he opened up for him. Yeah. He opened up for, for him. For, and, over the holidays. Yeah. And so, it, and he then did this long post, you know, after a lot of people, quote unquote, I know we say cancel culture doesn't exist, but it doesn't. 
when when folks were calling him out and dragging him, he wrote this uh, really uh, he's according to Yahoo.com, this nuanced follow-up post. It discussed their 34-year relationship, um, saying, I'll always disagree with where he stands now on transgender issues, but I don't always... I also don't believe a seeker like him has done evolving learning. Um, also, I've been carrying a lot of guilt about friends I've cut off who had views with which I couldn't agree or change in ways I couldn't live with. Sometimes I wonder, did I and others cutting them off make them dig their heels in deeper, fuel their ignorance? And so it brought up the conversation, and there was this um, article... Um, that talked about, is this just kind of going around council culture? And can you actually exist in that middle ground? Is that possible? Yeah. Okay. So there's one thing that I, I, I want to really hone in on. Yeah. I know he really uh, highlights the trans issues where he doesn't agree with. There's a lot of other things that uh, uh, Dave Chappelle has said that has been very problematic. It's not just about these. I think that's the that's the crazy yeah. thing, right? Dave Chappelle has a long history of saying really problematic things and kind of pushing rhetoric that he wants and that a lot of people kind of just go under the radar. The only the only reason why trans we're honing in on trans issues is because it's at the everyone in mainstream media is talking about it. Like years ago when he was making these same jokes, no one was saying anything and it was still wrong. And I think for me when, you know, when Patton says, oh, I wonder cutting these people off, what did I did I help kind of fuel their hate even more? Guess what? That's their journey, not yours. When you yeah, cut them off, you not created, your problem. It's you theirs. created peace in your life to, to not have to deal with that and to show someone that guess what? I'm being serious because oftentimes people don't believe you're being serious when like you bring it up. I know we've talked about where you've had like you've corrected people in conversations or at dinners and sometimes they brush it off or they don't take it as serious until you like double down on it. That's a lot of people. They're not going to think that their best friend is being serious until something drastic happens and like. No, I can't allow you to do this because I've learned that this that type of thinking has a large it's not just a joke. Yeah, and it shows also a lot of times they're like lack of seeing the seriousness of the situation. And sometimes they won't want to see oh, no, it. No, and they won't. And I've been around it, whether it be um, you know, people not getting spaces that I'm in or I talk about, or even like how many times have I just hung out or I still hang out with men that do say things that are problematic and it could yeah. be subtle and then I do say something and I know I'm not going to change this person overnight and there are those people there's a spectrum uh, and we were talking about our personal experiences around this before yeah. how there will be there's those d-bags that I'm like okay no and then there's people that I'm like they're like for me and these are people mm -hmm. that um I know could say say about me problematic stuff about women even right and we were talking about someone I knew that was like said they were pro-life I found out and I was like D please just don't even because, like, this is going to ruin Go a spiral. everything I think yeah. about you. And to be yeah. honest, make me not want to work with you. And I was honest about that. And we've talked about it. And, and it, it, it makes it really challenging. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. I, I know I always said, like, I, and I, I, I still believe this. I'm not going to, to, to continue to put labor in educating folks. Mm, but yeah. here's the thing. Sure, as I've watched your growth from when I initially met you to now... I do trust you to go in if you have the discernment of understanding, oh, I think this person does want to learn and does actually listen to the conversations. And when I bring up something, I try to, you know, challenge them in ways that could really, you know, help educate them. If 
I would trust your discernment if you say, I believe this person really wants to change. But it's those moments where I feel like sometimes and by the you're way, just I constantly pre- I like that. talking to people oh, and they're totally. not doing anything. I, and yes. Because in all honesty. And thank you. I find myself in that, by the way. And I know I'm not alone. I find myself in the spiral where I'm like, can I can I make this work? Yeah. Or like, uh, which is a bit of like a people-pleasing validation type thing. But here's, and like, the, here's yeah. really where I want everyone to catch yeah. this. Yeah, okay, go. Because I, I, I think what's important is... I want white people to be having these conversations with other white people, especially when it It comes to to race. I want other cisgender heterosexual folks to be having, you know, queer conversations and talking about allyships, you know, with other folks who are cisgender heterosexual. I want them to be doing that, right? Because that's where the conversations will actually land and they will listen to them, right? When When you have something in common. But my thing is, it's, if, that, if those people do not want to change, if they're not going to show you any, um, like they don't care, you're just talking in one ear and out the other. What I don't, I just, for me, it's just like, I don't understand the point. And it oftentimes in your own journeys of, you know, enlightenment or however you want to call it, or finding, you know, a better way of doing life in the ways, the things and the values peace, that you have. Peace. You got to cut these folks off that you just got to. You really do, and you got to stand firm in it. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to hurt, but guess what? That is how. That's what happens because guess what? There's lives on the line where they're risking a whole bunch more than just your silly friendship. Hey, you said I have nothing more to say about that. I get that. That's I it. get that, and it's something to think about. I think this is actually a great conversation going into it this is. year as we reflect on one value systems. And I would say it's friendships, but also just the people we encounter yeah. daily. And how we handle that and what that means to us and the repercussions of that, really. Yeah. Lots of stuff to think about. Uh, appreciate you for that conversation, Ryan. I appreciate you. Um, well, next up, don't go anywhere. The combo continues. Uh, Robin Williams' daughter has an important message after Bob Saget's death. Mm. We'll tell you more after this. Well, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to this great music here on Channel Q. More coming up, so stick around and hang out. Uh, we've got lots going on this hour. We're going to be uh, getting into what what's next after the Build Back Better plan. It seems like it's failed. And will Biden just be able to get his reputation back? And a Jeopardy winner is making history. More later this hour. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Could a huge change to the Senate be coming due to voting rights? President Biden spoke in Georgia about voting rights legislation today. Democracy's victory was not certain, nor is democracy's future. That's why we're here today, to stand against the forces in America that value power over principle, forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the legally expressed will of the American people by sowing doubt, inventing charges of fraud, and seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. They want chaos to reign. We want the people to rule. Meanwhile, as black voters continue to be disappointed in the Biden administration's inaction to the Voting Act, uh, Black Voters Matter co-founder Cliff Albright shared his thoughts on this new Biden pivot to CNN. We'd rather that the president stayed in D.C. and perhaps delivered this this speech to the Senate, to the Democratic caucus. They meet every Tuesday morning. Uh, he could have gone there and delivered the speech because at this point, what we're saying is we don't need another speech from the president. He gave a very passionate speech, not only the one that he gave for the commemoration last week of January 6th, but remember, he gave a very passionate speech back in Philadelphia, back in July. But then literally for seven months, we heard nothing else about voting rights, 
from him. And so now is not the time for another speech. But at this point, we don't need another speech. We don't need him to come to Georgia and use us as a as a prop. What we need is work. And we actually talked, uh, or we're going to be talking more about this uh, with the Washington Post in a moment. So stick around for that. It's a very interesting conversation, let me tell you. Uh, but right now, let's talk about Delta Cron. It's on everyone's news feeds, but should we be worried? Global experts are having doubts over reports of this new possible COVID strain appearing to combine both the Delta and Omicron variants called Delta Cron obviously. Reports of the potential fresh variant found in Cyprus appeared over the weekend, and now experts are saying it's more likely to be the result of a lab processing error. And finally, a pig helped saved a man's life. Yes, this is innovation and sciences right here in medicine. A 57-year-old man who underwent a first-of-its-kind heart transplant involving a genetically modified pig heart is in a much happier place after the transplant. It's really not that big of a deal because Gray Salone Medical Hospital, Gray's Anatomy. Gray's Anatomy. Um, And so if, if, you know, our physicians want to be better surgeons, maybe they should go visit that hospital for a re-up from Meredith Gray. Mm -hmm. Just saying. You said it first. Who's also, congratulations, going into her 19th season. Okay. She's an even better doctor than than she was when she started. Uh, David Bennett Sr. from Maryland suffered from a terminal heart disease and was deemed ineligible for a conventional heart transplant because of his severe condition. But now he did this, which opens up a lot of possibilities for other people going through this. Yeah. We could be just getting, you know, they have 3D printed hearts now. They're going to be making 3D printed organs. Yeah, I think that's great. And Innovative. animals as well. Let's use 3D everything. printed animals? No animal transplant, like taking organs from animals. It's very Yeah, that's literally the story you just talked about. I know. I'm just reiterating how amazing I am. <laughs> it's like it's just dawning on you that you just read this incredible. And, <laughs> and by the way, if you listened earlier, fish who drive. Okay. Uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Wrestling legend and Trump supporter Hulk Hogan grabbed headlines this week after linking the deaths of ba- uh, Bob Saget, Betty White, and Sidney Poitier. <laughs> I can't even finish it. To the COVID-19 vaccine. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let's let's just let's just go. Of course we are we you know we just talked about Bob Saget and and Betty White. Well, um, Hulk Hogan thinks that basically these people died because they had the vaccine. Like he literally, com- uh, he was responding to a comment on Facebook because, of course, he's on Facebook. Um, because a YouTuber, Josh Prey, um, basically posted this Facebook video implying that Bob Saget's death, along with that of White and Poitier, all stemmed from vaccination against COVID 19. And here comes Hulk Hogan talking about agreeing with someone saying 100% Betty and Sydney were also jabbed. They're dropping like flies, but they'll never say it. Oh, he like continues on just like, you know, well, he ended up deleting that comment. But of course, screenshots, you know, everything on the Internet lives forever. But he genuinely feels this way, which to be clear, Betty White died of a stroke. Sidney Poitier died of um, um, age 94 of natural causes that we know of. There is no evidence to link the death of either actor to COVID-19. And I don't. There's there's no way the vaccine's out here killing people. So I don't Hulk Hogan, what are you talking about? 
But honestly, he said it on Facebook, so it kind of makes sense that he believes that. It's his spot. Yeah, that's where all the anti-vaxxers live. Let Betty White live in peace in the afterlife. Yeah. She's like, Hulk Hogan, really? I think everyone's like, Hulk Hogan, really? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Louise. That's your your point. He he should go with that together with the UFC fighter who we were talking about. They should just go and fight each other. Okay, moving on. Hulk Hogan is so old. Hey. If he and if anyone fights him, he'll also be dying from the vaccine. Oh. <laughs> like because oh, oh my god. Anyway, if you want to check out any of the more of this story, head over to weirdchannelq.com. You can check out the headlines, you can check out what I talk about here on the T Report. Of course, it's all there. You don't want to miss it. What's coming up for the rest of the show? Uh, well, next up, who's to blame for the death of the Build Back Better plan? What's going on? And, and can Biden build back his reputation or is it too late? That's next with The Washington Post. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Queen. Uh, this is one for Amy Schneider, defending champion Jeopardy, who won the episode by finishing with a total of 42000 That brings her total earnings from the show to get ready for it more than one million dollars. I feel like Amy has li- is literally racking up on Yes Queen Awards. Like she has been she our has girl. She has been winning. And um, I also have to say, I had no clue that you could actually. Well, I knew you could win money on Jeopardy. Like obviously, duh. But I just don't understand how she's winning money past her episode that she's done. I feel like has she been doing more like episodes? What? You have to do a bunch to get to the final one. Is it like of the season? Well, no. It, so, How does it work, producer Justin? <laughs> so what it is is uh, every time you every time you play a game of Jeopardy, you you know you rack up the bucks, and then like different wagers, whether it be uh, you know final Jeopardy or you know going into like a you get a daily double. Yeah, that's the bet ways they rack up the dollars, and it resets every day. So oh. like she'll get thirty eight thousand dollars. That's one show. Maybe she'll get forty two thousand the next show. So wait, and it she just builds gamb- up. Is she like? Is it like gambling? No, it's just uh, she racks up that money. She won it for that day, and then she, because she is the Jeopardy champion, she comes back the next day. It continues oh. on, but then you start the next episode, and this is so basic. By the oh, way, oh, I like, get it. So she won. She won that episode, so she comes back, and then mm-hmm. she just keeps it. But she keeps mm. that money, and she can lose it all right in the next nope. episode. She she can't. This ain't Will of Fortune. That's all money in the bank. This Good. is not Will of Fortune. Well, she now. Makes history, becoming the first women to win the most consecutive regular season episodes of Jeopardy and the highest earning woman to ever appear on the show. She is also the first out transgender contestant to make it to the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. So a lot of great stuff. Congrats to Amy Schneider. Yes, 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 queen. And that does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow live here on Channel Q. Same time, weekdays, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, how do you know if you have a real COVID test versus a fake one? The difference between PCR and antigen. Again, you might have heard this, but people keep forgetting. No, it's not if you might have heard it. I just don't believe you don't, that you, the you, antigen chests are all 100% yeah, clear. Y- you have and, been you know, confused, and I think a lot of people are. Plus, I have been confused. I just don't believe that the antigen tests are as good as they say they are. Uh, how to keep our LGBTQ seniors from feeling isolated. That's tomorrow. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 